0: Aristotle once said, in every act of doing, we are becoming. Every day, all of us make choices that shape and form us into
1: the people that we are and the people that we are becoming. I'm your producer, Michael Moffat, and I want to welcome you to the Erité Way, a podcast
0: dedicated to helping you become excellent in all that you do. Our hosts today are Walter and Stacey Nussbaum. Well, hey, today we are so excited. We're going to be talking about one of our favorite topics, and we're going to be talking about the importance of coaching. Uh, Stacey, this is something you and I have been doing for many, many years. We absolutely love coaching, the process of coaching, Mm -hmm. and uh, it's something that's really impacted both of our lives, I would say. Would you agree with that? Yes. So, you know, when you think, for instance, in your own life, uh, does anybody come to mind that you would say... um, you you can really say they made a big impact in your life because of the coaching they provided for you?
1: Absolutely, I can think of uh, a few uh, that stand out in particular, you being one of them. Mm. But um, I had a woman several years ago when Let's I was- Let's
0: go back to me again. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right, who else? Uh,
1: a woman when I was young, um, kind of came into my life and and really spoke honestly mm. to me. And sometimes it was difficult. To hear, you know how honest she was, but she really loved me, and um, she was kind of a um, just a steady force in my life that I really needed as a young person. And she remained in my life for a long time, kind of intermittently. But I would say that she uh, probably had the greatest impact on me uh, when it came to just um, self awareness and developing and recognizing some of my liabilities that really needed to be addressed and um but she did it in such a way that um i could hear it because i knew how much she really cared
0: Mm -hmm. could you you know the real question of how important coaching is i think is this question could you imagine what your life today would be like had she not been there as a Mm -hmm. voice into your life at that time
1: no, I mean it would probably be a train wreck honestly. Um
0: and that's no joke, right? No, I mean, it's no joke. Yeah. She
1: was instrumental in me becoming um a new person and it didn't happen overnight. Right. Certainly, she was very patient and she'd have to revisit topics with me, you know, over and over again unfortunately, but uh she is someone that I will always um care for deeply in my heart because of just the time that she invested in me, honestly. Right. She really took an interest and she cared and she didn't really get a whole lot in return. Um, but um, the impact was, was great. And I, you mm-hmm. know, I've been able to share things with others that she taught me along the way as I grew and matured a bit. So
0: Yeah, that's right. I look at my life and I can think of uh, several people that have coached me um, in very powerful ways. I still hear their voice sometimes when I'm working with clients I can hear the voice. I know that you can probably hear who you're thinking of in your head mm-hmm. sometimes when you're mm-hmm. doing coaching and helping people think through things. It's amazing mm-hmm. how a great coach will become a voice for another person sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's pretty awesome to be able to play that kind of a role. And so we want to talk about this, you know, number one, why is coaching so important? You know, one is we already said, it can really impact and change the trajectory of somebody's life, right? Right What else comes to mind in terms of if someone's listening right now and we're we're trying to explain to them why coaching is so important for them to think about being able to do with the people around them, what else comes to mind?
1: You know, I think that coaching is the one thing that we all desperately need, but that we so are afraid of offering or even receiving. Um, we desperately want to know and we desperately want to tell, but then we don't. Hmm. Uh, it's interesting. I was listening to this um, message today when I was riding my bike this morning, and he was talking about um, humility and just the true impact that we can make on others if we, if we truly have humility. And he was making the point that to truly love someone that we are willing to offer and share the tough things um, because we really care about them. We want them to, to be better. Uh, just like we would want somebody to do for us, but that we don't. And we kind of blame it on this idea of, well, we don't want to hurt them. Mm-hmm. And and he said, it's really not that. It's really that you don't want to hurt yourself. Mm. And he said, it's really that you don't want to be discomforted and it's about you. And I thought, oh, man, that's dumb. Yeah, And that's so true, though. If you really think about it, it's often because you don't want to be confronted with your own discomfort by telling the truth. And so you don't. And yeah. then it does them a disservice and really does you a disservice too.
0: That, right. is a, uh, that is a really good insight. I think we put it on, we don't want to upset somebody else. And the reality is we don't want to upset ourselves because right. they're upset with us. right? Yeah. And that fear is one of the reasons why people don't do coaching. Right? Yeah. I just don't want, to, I don't want to go there. And how yeah. many of us, if right now everyone who's listening to this, if we ask them the question, is there somebody that you know that if you could speak advice into them and they would listen to it, that you would do it immediately? I think Mm -hmm. everybody would say, yes, I know somebody, Mm -hmm. somebody at work, maybe it's my boss, maybe it's somebody Mm -hmm. that reports to me, maybe it's somebody in my personal life, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's my spouse, maybe it's a friend, whatever.
1: Right. And
0: yet, how often do we remain silent? All the time. All the time, right? Yeah. So that's why we want to talk about this is because I think, uh, you know, studies have shown when it comes to leadership, this really... it it surprised me, but it shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. But studies show that coaching is one of the top three leadership competencies. Mm -hmm. That if you want to be a great leader, you have to be a great coach. And yet, you know, we've been doing this a long time, working with different people and businesses and companies. And yet a lot of times people who are great leaders, they don't do a lot of coaching. They might do a lot of barking, Right. right? They might do a lot of criticizing, correcting, all of those things, but coaching, mm-hmm. they don't do, because mm-hmm. coaching takes more time, doesn't it?
1: Sure, I, I think so, and it, it takes discomfort. It takes inconveniencing yourself, right? It takes maybe uh, risking the relationship being hurt, most of the time temporarily, but you know, we don't want to take that risk. I encounter people all the time at work where I observe things, and I think I really should tell them, and and I don't for the most part. Yeah. Um, but I should. It makes me think of the other day um, we were here at the office and we were we were using the mics to, you know, practice with our, our new office space and and you were recording me and I didn't know it. Do you remember I was sitting on the couch? Oh yeah. <laughs> and you were recording me, and then you played it back to me, and it was awful. <laughs> I had the the worst scowl on my face. And I wasn't even talking to you. I was just in my head thinking about something. And I had this terrible look on my face. And and you said, that's how your face always looks. <laughs>
0: Do you remember that? I do remember that.
1: <laughs> and I thought, okay, I got to work on that. Because someone said to me one time, and when I'm at the gym, they made a comment that you have this terrible look on your face, like you're about to die. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I've started to smile more, yeah, you know, yeah. when, I'm, when I'm feeling that way. But, you know, that's a great example of just that I don't really think about how I come across. Yeah. And you're so kind to not tell me that all the time. But, you know, that was kind of an eye opener of just, I don't even realize the look on my face. I'm not mad. I wasn't upset about anything, yeah. but I had kind of a, Look of disgust on my face. And even though it
0: didn't feel good, would you say that, man? I sure am glad that oh, yeah. I got that feedback.
1: Yeah, it's kind right. of painful.
0: But yeah, <laughs> sure. And that's the thing is, we would all, you know, it, I mean, it's humorous, but think about it. I mean, if you walked out the door, went to work and you had the medium sticker still on your blouse or your No, oh, yeah. You pants. want somebody to tell you. Yeah, you want or someone to tell undone. you. your fly's undone. Yeah, if your fly's undone. Yeah. You know, if you got a hanger out of your nose there, you don't even know it's there. You want yeah. someone to say, hey, yeah. you know, get that off your nose. Of course you would. You yeah. wouldn't want someone to say, oh, I didn't want to embarrass you.
1: Because you feel like they respect you enough to tell you. When you when they tell you, actually, you actually really appreciate it and feel respected as a person.
0: <laughs> right. That's right. No, I remember, I, remember I had to tell somebody one time. It was just every time I talked to them, they had horrible breath. And I remember mm-hmm. just, you know, you can get away with that every once in a while. Yeah. But this person had bad breath all the time. Mm-hmm. And finally, uh, and I think you might have encouraged me because I'd mentioned it to you. And you said, you know, you should tell them. Mm-hmm. And I remember I finally did. And it wasn't easy. But it turned out. He went to the dentist and he told me he had a hole Mm -hmm. the dentist found in the back of his tooth that had he not come in there, it could have abscessed the tooth, could have lost his tooth, right? And he said, thank you. And I just know how uncomfortable that conversation was. Mm -hmm. And there's a way that I did it that allowed him to hear it. So it wasn't so embarrassing, but he was grateful for the feedback. So coaching is important. We know that. One of the reasons I think also that people don't do it is because they don't really have a method. They're not quite Mm -hmm. sure how. Mm -hmm. How many times have we said to somebody, oh, did you go talk to them about that issue yet? Mm -hmm. No, I don't really know how.
1: Right. And they're often scared. Yeah. right, And they don't know how to do it in such a way that can be received well. So they do it either oftentimes in an abrasive kind of hurtful way.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty just direct or blunt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what we want to do today is we want to walk um, through just a, a model that we use that we like all of these principles we try to use. And it's an acronym. Right? We love acronyms. If you're in leadership, you <laughs> love acronyms. And the acronym is coaching. And each one of these are absolutely critical to effectively coaching people. And so mm-hmm. we just wanted to kind of walk through and help some people think through it. Look, if you are uh if you're at work, if you're a manager, uh, uh, an executive, if you're a supervisor, even if you're mm-hmm. just somebody that um, doesn't have anybody to report to you but you work with other people, we all have a responsibility to try to provide the mm-hmm. best coaching we can to other people right. just like we want them to coach us. So this will be just a little tool to, to help everybody. So and like what, you said, yeah. I mean this
1: applies in marriage, this applies in, in uh, raising your children and friendship. Right. I mean, I think these same principles apply in any relationship that you're trying to be authentic and honest. Right. And before we get started, I would love to hear from you because you've been coaching for so many years on a professional level. Um, I'm sure that you've learned along the way some of the techniques that have worked well and some of the ones that haven't been as effective. And maybe you've kind of tweaked your your approach over the years. Share with us just some of those do's and don'ts that you've seen that have worked well and been effective and those that haven't.
0: Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a great question, um, which will feed right into what we're talking about. But I, I can remember that early on, I was a real big give them the answer guy, right? That, I, that uh-huh. I thought I knew the answer. And so what I would do is I would just save time by just telling them too quickly in the conversation what I thought they needed to do, okay. they needed to do. And I never really created the space for them to own it, to figure it out. And as I just matured through the coaching process, uh, it's not that I wasn't directive, and still would say, you know, this is something you should consider. I give a lot more room and space now for people to try to come up with that themselves, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that requires a process, which we're going to talk about today. So that that's one big one. So I, I appreciate the question because that's a that was an area where I went from a kind of a level of immaturity, just trying to give you the answer quickly. And now I really try to create more space through dialogue and asking more questions and let you think through the issues yourself.
1: And would you say as a result of that, you've seen a real difference in how how people respond to you or how people.
0: I would say yes, because it's more organic. It's not like, you know, let me tell you Mm -hmm. it's it's a conversation. Coaching is a conversation. Right. Right. And so when you can really make it a conversation two people talking, um, It's going to be much. It's going to sit easier with somebody. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's me just coming in and saying, "Hey, I really think you need to do this because this is hurting you." Now, there's times you might have to be that direct with somebody, but a lot of times you need to take more of that time and be patient in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Now, what it requires is the first, the first letter in this acronym. Now, this is something that uh, I think you're exceptional at. You have to have this first trait in order to be able to really be effective as a coach. And what is the first trait? And talk about that for just a moment. What is it?
1: You have to be able to connect with the person. And I think that means you have to be able to um, have a relationship with them. And it has to uh, evolve over time. It can't be just something that happens when you first meet a person. You you really have to develop rapport and trust. Uh, I think the person needs to know and believe that you're really for them. Mm so that they can receive any kind of feedback that you might give them. Yeah. And I think that comes through a number of ways, that comes through words of encouragement, maybe it's your body language, maybe it's a, a touch on the shoulder, well, you know, woman to woman, I guess you have to be careful with that now, these days yeah. with men to women. But, you know, I think there's little ways that over time you can really build rapport so that you have kind of the grounds, if you will, to, to share with them something that you see. Yeah. Um, yeah. well, otherwise, it's just, it's a stranger. And, you know, we don't typically want to hear feedback from a stranger.
0: That's right. Although yeah. you
1: are pretty good at doing it with strangers, I've noticed as well. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's because you develop a really uh, a rapport very quickly. So you might be able to do it with a, a restaurant waiter because you took 10 minutes to really talk to them and get to know them and ask them questions. And so somehow <laughs> you're able to be very direct with strangers.
0: I know you always, when that happens, you're like, like oh, my oh, gosh, here we, like, go. here we go. Here we What's go. What's he going to
1: say? but.
0: But typically, they're like, wow, you know, thank you.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't
0: thought about that. And so coaching, connecting doesn't require months or weeks of relationship. You can do it relatively quickly if you respect the other person and show a real interest in them.
1: Mm -hmm. And it depends on the person, the personality type as well.
0: Yeah. You know, know, we've got our wonderful (laughs) producer, Michael, right? And Michael is the best. And one thing I love about Michael is he gives us permission Mm -hmm. to say, hey, can you do this differently, or can you add this, or can you do this? You know, He always wants to do whatever he can to yeah. help our experience be better, to help whatever we're yes. doing be better. And we love that about you, Michael. Um, and part of the reason he, we, he gives us that freedom is because we've built trust. We right. know he's for us. He wants nothing but our success. He, I hope he knows we're for him. We want nothing but his success. And so it creates this open dialogue. Right. right, And that's what it takes, doesn't it? Just mm-hmm. this idea of connecting and letting somebody know, I care about you. Mm-hmm. And you said a word, uh, this idea of trust. How do we define trust? Because that is really at the heart, yeah. ultimately, of convincing somebody that you're what?
1: For them. Best definition of trust ever.
0: I All think right? it is, yeah. You trust
1: to the degree that you believe that someone is for you. And I believe that's 100% true. So, for example, a simple example at work um, you know, there's, there are coworkers that I have that we just exchange information or we might not even do that, but we say our hellos and good mornings and goodbyes. And then there's coworkers that we actually, um, explore into the other person's life. How are How, how, many kids do you have? You know, where do you live? What's your husband's name? How long have you been here? You know, and you really, um, kind of develop a, a sense of caring for that other person. Um, so I think, you know, you have to use discernment. Right, yeah. with who you're going to do that with and the timing and so forth.
0: But Yep, no doubt about it. You know, in the coaching engagement in a professional setting, you and I both know that the most difficult and most important part is the beginning. Yeah. You've got to convince the other person that I'm an advocate for you, mm-hmm. right? That I'm here for you. I'm not here to do anything else but to help you succeed. And once they believe that, once it begins to connect, it's amazing how much now they open up and they begin yeah. talking. Yeah. So- Agree. Uh, a little note for those who are listening to our podcast. Of course, when we start the podcast, we got somebody cutting concrete oh, man. right outside our window. So uh, if you're Forget listening us. to this, we apologize for that noise. There's nothing we can do about it, but hopefully it doesn't come through. <laughs> we'll see. So that's the first part, right? You've got to be able to build the ability to connect on some level. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we get to the O and what is the O, Stacey? What is that one? And why is this one so important?
1: So I think you have to establish um, for the person that you're talking to, what is it that, what is the outcome that you want mm-hmm. and really explore that with them so that you can help them to plan on how to succeed or how to get to the next step that they want to get to. Um, if the person doesn't really know what their end goal is, then it's hard to coach. So yeah. I think you really have to take some time and exploring what is it that you want? You know, where do you want to be at the end of the day? What are your goals?
0: That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you don't just want change for change's sake. You want to tie it to some outcome. Mm -hmm. It's like, listen, if you, if you begin to do it this way, Mm -hmm. these are the outcomes that you can expect to get Mm -hmm. in your life. Right? So it's not just, we just want you to change. We want to tie it to some outcome or goal. It's like a coach in sports, correcting a mechanic on the player. The player wants to know, why am I doing this? Why are you changing my swing? Mm-hmm. Why are you changing the way I release the ball? Mm-hmm. And they want to say because if you do it this way, the way I'm showing you, you're going to get more power. Mm-hmm. So this is why we want to change the way that you're you're swinging, right, or throwing, right. So that's the outcome of of coaching. Always making sure that we're clear on what that is. So if I'm talking to somebody about why do they need to adjust the way they communicate, it's because The way you communicate might actually be fostering um, tension between Mm -hmm. you and other people. Mm -hmm. And if what you want is to build relationship, to build collaboration, that's the outcome. I want you to learn to be a more collaborative person. So let's deal with the way that you speak to people uh, because that's getting in the way.
1: You've had to do that many times, right? With some of your clients, with coaching. Yeah. People that have been near miss on maybe losing their job and coming in and saying, is the outcome that you want to be able to stay with the company, right? Because sometimes it it takes that for people to change. Yeah. Right. Because all they see is this is how I am. This is who I am. I'm not going to change. You know, they're not looking forward to see what possibly is ahead. That's right. You know, but once they realize, no, this is affecting you to the point that you could lose your job.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can remember the last time I had to do that. You know, they, they asked me to start coaching this person. It was kind of like his last Mm rights. This is your last chance. And they put him through this PIP program, personal improvement program. And part of that was coaching. Mm -hmm. And the very first, when we met, very first thing I said is, Hey, tell me, what do you want for your career? What do you want? And he began to, he began to describe to me what he wanted. Mm -hmm. And I was able to share with him, well, on the current route that you're on, you're not gonna get that. Mm-hmm. Something is gonna to have to change. You know, what do you think that is? Why do you think we're meeting right now? What are the issues that have surfaced mm-hmm. that have required you to sit down with with a coach to talk through? Do you know what those issues are? And I'll always ask them that, do you know what the issues are? Right.
1: Because
0: I why do I not want to just tell them what the issues are? What is it that I want to make sure is clear?
1: You need to make sure that they understand that they really understand the gravity of it, that they can self-identify what it is that they're doing wrong, because if they don't own it truly for themselves then they're not going to change,
0: that's it. That's right. It'll be just how many times have you and I heard somebody say, I don't know. I I don't know why I'm doing this to which I say, either you weren't listening or they didn't tell you. Yeah. And if they didn't tell you, then shame on them. Yeah. Right. But if they did tell you and you just didn't take it that seriously, then that's on you. Yeah. Right. And so then we have to tell them what the outcomes are that we're looking for in the coaching engagement. Right. So you got to connect, got to build that rapport, that trust. You got to talk about outcomes. Mm -hmm. Why are we doing this? What's the ultimate goal? And then what's the next thing that we have to be able to do?
1: Give them an action plan. So give them steps to begin taking for change, right? So when you work with clients, you you actually kind of lay out a plan for them. To Make Changes, Uh, makes me think of that book, Atomic Habits.
0: Mm, Great book. Um,
1: And so he talks about, um, you can't just say, you know, I'd like to lose 20 pounds and expect it to happen. Um, You have to have a real specific plan. And so he talks about these little micro goals. So, you know, um, instead of going to bed and hoping that you're going to get up and work out the next day, to which you push your alarm for the hundredth time, actually set out your clothes and set out your shoes and have everything ready and have your, you know, your water by the bedside and everything that you need to make uh, that as likely as possible to happen. Right. And so um, Mm -hmm. I think just um, creating specifics is really important Yeah. because otherwise it's just kind of this goal that's out there and there's no real, there's no real pathway to it. It's kind of obscure and oftentimes I don't think it gets met. Right. I mean, we've all done that.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you brought up atomic habits. That's, that's really one of the best. That's why it's called atomic mm-hmm. habits. They're small little actions mm-hmm. that anybody can do, but mm-hmm. it just advances the ball. Right. So that, that's, a, that's a great resource that you brought up for book. people to pick up to help them come up with action plans like that. I can remember early on, one of my first action plans that I had that I would give people to do, um, is, it was called the five dimes rule. I don't know if you ever knew about this one, but what I I would do is I would tell everybody, start your day with five dimes. And let's say the issue is that you're trying to build this new habit is that maybe it's, you know, you don't encourage people very much. You're not very positive. You don't really affirm people much. (laughs) So what you're going to do is you're going to make it your goal every day. To take five actions a day. And that is, I'm going to say something positive or encouraging. This
1: sounds, this sounds all too familiar. <laughs> are you talking about your wife?
0: I'm not. No, <laughs> You
1: are. I'll
0: get you five <laughs> dimes tomorrow. But every time you do it, you take one dime out of your whatever left pocket and you okay. put it in your right pocket. We should
1: start doing that. Maybe with like $100 bills. Then I'll be really motivated.
0: <laughs> if we had $100 <laughs> bills, we would. Maybe $1 bills. But you know, at the end of the day, I would tell them, look, if those five yeah. dimes have moved from your left pocket to your right pocket, yeah. mission accomplished, yeah. right? If you haven't moved those over, yeah. then that means, gosh, I only did it once, or maybe I didn't do it at all again. Yeah. I went the entire day without encouraging somebody today. Yeah. So the five dimes is a physical mechanism, a tool of getting you to connect an action with something that holds you accountable yeah. by the end of the day. Yeah. So yeah. it's just that action orientation, right, mm-hmm. that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a very very important part of coaching. If you don't have this as part of your coaching mm-hmm. regimen, what are you really doing?
1: You're not doing anything. You're just wasting someone's time. Really? Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. You're just talking. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Just I listening. I agree. Yep. So this is a big part. Might be the most important of all of them in the sense of this is where the the change begins to happen, right? Mm-hmm. But now we get to the next C, which is very important. And what is the next C in our acronym for coaching?
1: Credibility. Yeah, yeah. No,
0: this is really important. What is this all about?
1: I think credibility is crucial when it comes to challenging someone else about something that you see in them. Um, so if I'm late everywhere I go, guilty. I can't really tell you that you need to stop being late, Right. Um, or maybe I can encourage you to work on it, but still, it's not going to be received very well if I'm currently really struggling with that all the time, and the, per- the person is a witness of that, right? Right. So I think that you have to um, have it somewhat mastered, or at least be willing to be humble about it, and admit that you know this is an area that, that I'm growing in, and I certainly don't have this figured out. But you know, this is something I've noticed in you, and I think it goes a long way when you're willing to show that you two are human and that you don't have it all together. Yeah, and I think that we really have to always come across like that.
0: Yeah, that's um, right.
1: you know, no matter what it is that we're giving feedback about.
0: I mean, don't you have to really ask yourself the question: Am I the right person mm-hmm. to provide this coaching? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Am I? Am I yeah. the right person? Mm-hmm. And if I'm not the right person, I need to ask myself why. Yeah. Right? Is this something I'm guilty of? Yeah. Now, would you agree, Stacy? I mean, if if somebody, let's say that I'm late everywhere I go, and I want to. Challenge you to be on time. Mm-hmm. I might not have the credibility to be that person, but what if I came to you and I said this? you know Stacey, i I am probably the last person to be <laughs> giving you advice on being on time because I struggle with this myself right. all the time, but I realize how it's negatively impacting me and yeah. my re- and my reputation. I want to encourage you and me to really work on this now, does that give me some credibility as long as I'm honest?
1: Absolutely. About it's, it? it's received so much better because otherwise I'm going to say, what? <laughs> are you kidding me? You know, who are you to say that, you know, that we do that to each other all the time. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you can, if, even if you aren't perfect at it or good at it, mm-hmm. by virtue of the fact that you own it and acknowledge mm-hmm. it will give you credibility. Right. right. And so that requires to be a good coach. It requires humility yeah, to be able to say, Hey, I'm, I'm I'm in the same game with you here. Yeah, this is something I struggle with. Let's do this together. Mm-hmm. Right? but I want to help point that out to you, and I want you, if you see it in me, to point it out in me. Mm-hmm. See, now it's even playing field. Right. Yeah. This
1: makes me think about too a podcast that I was listening to, and he was talking about if you want to if you want to identify whether or not you're humble in the way that you come across to people. He said, ask yourself the people around you in the workplace or socially or whatever that are very different than you ideologically or religiously or philosophically or whatever it is politically, um, ask yourself, do those people like you, mm. do those people, uh, want to be around you? And if they don't, then you probably lack humility. Mm. And does not, that, make sense? that makes sense because if you have humility, then those people aren't offended by you because you disagree with them or not disagree with them, but because you differ from them in the way that you think or believe or whatever. And so I thought that's really good. That's a really good kind of a marker for, am I really a humble person? Yeah. Am I approachable by people that are different than me? Right. Right. Yeah.
0: And then if you're the person who says, well, I don't care if they like me, yeah. chances are that's yeah. a lack of humility. Yeah. Like we know some people that would probably say, I don't care if they like me. And as a result yeah. of that, they probably have more tension between other people than they, than they really ideally would want.
1: Right. End and if you life. are that person, most likely you're not going to be able to yeah. get feedback in a way that's constructive that's right. or that's, that's received. That's a great tip,
0: though. I like that. Yeah. Do, the, do these people, do they like me? Am I enjoyable to be around? And if, mm-hmm. if the answer is yes, there's probably a level of humility, even mm-hmm. if I differ with them in certain fundamental things. And credibility. Yeah, and yeah. credibility. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, now we get to this next one. Uh, and this one I love about you, because this is an area that I think <laughs> you've grown like a weed in. It's H, honest feedback. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this. You are such a great listener, and you're such a great encourager. And years ago, you would spend so much of your time listening and just encouraging and understanding and empathizing, but it would just be so difficult years ago for you at that point to then give that real honest, direct feedback mm-hmm. about what you're saying. And you begin to work on that. And now, I mean, I'll listen to you now. You know, you'll know, you be <laughs> on the phone doing coaching or right, with somebody, and I'll hear you being very honest with your feedback. Still very respectful, still very kind Mm -hmm. and gracious, but man, it's very honest feedback. And you've grown in that area. Thank you. I appreciate that. What did you have to do? Because I think there's a lot of people, Stacy, like that, that they don't provide honest feedback. They dance around it, and that person walks away thinking everything is okay, when the reality is this person still is frustrated or even resentful, Mm -hmm. uh, but they never were honest.
1: This is an area that I still am growing in. Um, Certainly, I appreciate honest feedback that's given to me. I want to be the person that can receive that. And so I think um, I realize just the value in it. And, um, you know, I think I've learned a lot from you on how to give honest feedback in such a way that it's well-received. You have kind of this really... um, great ability to be very direct with people in a way that they can hear it. And so I've watched you. So I still, you know, um, have to really get out of my comfort zone at times. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, so it's a challenge for me for sure. But, um, I guess just because I see that if you don't do that, then the person may not ever see it. No one may ever tell them. And so if I'm one of their closest friends, it's really just it's it's almost wrong for me not to say something about it, yeah right and so I've had times that I've done that and and it's been really hard and really painful, and I've cried some tears, and so have they and it's it's even created some distance in a relationship, you know um sadly, but I still think it was probably the right thing to do yeah and um most of the time I think you can recover if you really have a solid base of of love and re- and um trust in the relationship, Yeah, you just have to be willing to take the blow and maybe be willing to be, um, kind of the bad guy, right. For the, for the greater good. Yeah. You know. For the greater good. Yeah.
0: I, you know, I know for me, it was because so many people over the years have had honest feedback with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could give a list and mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm an easy target because I've always just s- s- talked a lot, <laughs> did things. I've had people come to me talk about my, I remember one time uh, I was meeting my buddy at Starbucks um, and I was late. This is, so this is, this would have been, I'll tell you exactly what it was. This was the year 2000, 2000 mm-hmm. year 2000. And it was uh, down at HP Village down there at Starbucks. I was meeting this guy and I was always late. I was late to everything. <laughs> And I get there and I was my normal, you know, four to six minutes late. And I walk in and he had written on a napkin. He had written, uh, Walter will be late and we'll have some excuse for why he was late. Wow. He wrote it on a napkin wow. and he turned it over so I couldn't see it. And I walk in and there he was. I'm like, Hey man, how's it going? I was like, man, God, and I gave some lame reason for why wow. I was running late. And he goes, Hey, turn that, turn it over. Turn the napkin over. Was like okay, and I flipped it over, and sure enough, Walter will be late. Yeah, and we'll give some lame reason for why he's wow. late.
1: So how did that feel?
0: Embar- and I was like, huh? What's this? And he goes, dude, you're always late.
1: So how did you respond? Be honest. How did you respond initially to that? Like that feeling in your belly. Like how did you? Did you feel like angry?
0: Well, or- I would have had it maybe been someone different, but I so respected this. Okay. Yeah, and this per this individual that, uh, I was embarrassed. Like the fact that he had to do that. Yeah. And that's, that was what had to show me was that yeah. kind of a, uh, obvious lesson, right. To have me read it to him. Yeah. And it made a big impact in me. Right. Yeah. And I began, I was far from perfect. I began to try to work on getting there on time, but it was honest feedback. You know, mm-hmm. people telling me that I get too close to them. People telling Uh-oh. me that I would, you know, sometimes talk too much or talk about myself too you much. You have had
1: a lot of people be really honest with you. I kind of envy that. You, you really have had really honest feedback over the years. I
0: have, I have. and But people that know me know that I am never going to get angry with them. I want yeah. the feedback. And for whatever reason, people just feel like, hey, can I, you know, and they'll tell me something. Yeah. And I've learned from that. I've learned from that. You would know? you
1: agree though, that, that the majority of people would say that people don't really give honest feedback because I can probably only count on Maybe two or three fingers, maybe four people that have actually really been honest with me. And you're one of them. So that's pretty small over the span of, of 50 years. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's when you, when we do seminars and we ask people that uh-huh. question, how many of you can name, you know, how many uh-huh. people can you name that have given you specific, honest feedback that made a difference in your life? Yeah. Outside of just one or two examples per person uh-huh. you know, if... It doesn't happen very often, mm-hmm. but man, it's important to be able to do that. How many times you've seen me do this? How many times have I, at the end of a lunch, uh, I'll say to somebody, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. "Hey, how many questions did you ask me today?"
1: Yeah,
0: and it just takes them by surprise. And I'll say, "Listen, I'm not criticizing. I'm just pointing yeah. something out that you need to be aware of."
1: Right, and they you usually know. have no idea.
0: And they'll, yeah, they yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. zero outside of how are you. Yeah, You know, you need to be better than that. You need to take an interest in other people, ask more questions. And the great thing is when I see them again, I love it when I all of a sudden they're like, Hey man, (laughs) how's your day going? Hey, did you, right? And And they begin asking like six
1: questions before you can even get a word in. (laughs) So, so on the flip side, um, let's talk about too, just the importance of, because we, we still need coaching. It's not like we're the coaches and we have it all figured out. We need to be coached as well. And we want feedback from other people as well. And so Let's talk about the importance of being able to receive criticism without either one getting angry and defensive or two just letting it completely destroy us and crumble us where we feel like we can't, you know, get through the hour because it's so hurtful. You know, I think that we have to figure out a way, which is really hard, right? Even for us, it's hard when we criticize one another, you know, oftentimes we don't do well with it. Yeah. Right. And so finding a way to be able to receive it without one punching back well, let me tell you what you do, you know, or, um, or letting it just completely just demolish us emotionally because we've been so hurt by it. You know, how can we be the type of person that can hear it and and feel it, you know, not that you can't feel it, but be able to, to take it and digest it and You know, take the good, leave the bad, whatever, discern through it and then move forward. Well, I think
0: the missing element that we have to do, uh, okay, you, I won't say who it was, but somebody says to me, they gave me some feedback not long ago, and we had this issue come up and they said to me, you know, Walter, you're so controlling. Mm -hmm. And Uh it bothered me, it bothered me. And I came to you and I said- they said I was controlling, <laughs> do you think I'm controlling, and you go, yeah, I mean you yeah, you you can have that tendency sometimes, yeah, yeah. and I was like, really, you got upset I did, you're I like, got upset hey. like but i but my point is i I came to you because I wanted I didn't want you to be like, heck, no, you're not controlling well what are they talking oh yeah, you did no, I did I really did <laughs> come on I wanted to know is this is this yeah. really true because if it is, I yeah. want that out of my life as much as possible, right, and you yeah. helped me to go. Wow, it is true. The point though is sometimes the way that you need to go about it is you should go to somebody else when you get some feedback that might be difficult for you to hear. Mm-hmm. Go to somebody that you trust yeah. and respect and say, "Hey, I got this feedback yeah. and listen, I want you to be honest with me because if this is true on any level, I want to work on it." Right. And and that's what we have to do, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've I owned it at that mm-hmm. point. And I realized, yeah. you know what? I can be as I'm getting older, mm-hmm. I can find myself maybe wanting things to look a certain way, mm-hmm. right? And so I've got to be, I got to really own that, that man, I've got to be more flexible mm-hmm. with where I meet somebody and, and all, you know, all the, those kinds of mm-hmm. elements. Mm-hmm. The irony is for so long, I always thought I'm really, I'm the, I'm the easygoing guy because I'm the one going out of my way. Usually, mm-hmm. you know, I'll drive 40 miles to meet you. I'll drive 20 miles to meet you. Right. Um, but it doesn't mean that I don't have that controlling issue in there. I do. Yeah.
1: It just manifests a little differently. It just manifests yeah. a little
0: bit differently. Right. Yeah. So we still get feedback and, I don't know if you do, but I do.
1: Yeah. And, um,
0: yeah. and it's good. Now this leads yeah. to the next one, which is kind of the driving engine of the process of coaching. And it's mm-hmm. the I, and this is really important. I just alluded to it a second ago, but what is the I?
1: Uh, inquiring, inquiring yeah. about the other person, really taking the time to understand, I think is is key because you can, I think, very quickly surmise something about someone, and you really don't know much about them. You don't know their background. You don't know kind of some of the painful things they've been through. Not that that excuses bad behavior, but I do think it's important to consider context and when a person really feels heard and understood. Um you know the picture of it makes sense and you might approach it differently you might approach the feedback from a completely different way and um i think we just want to jump in and presume yeah. things that maybe we don't really understand
0: yeah no doubt about it i think we think we know way too, way sooner than we actually do know.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. So
0: we're quick to give advice because you think you already see where this is going. Mm -hmm. You got to be patient and ask a lot of questions. You know, I recently had a client that right off the bat, they started off and it was very negative. They were telling me about their day and we're going on and on about a couple of people and they were just really being critical and just how frustrated they were. And they called them a couple, not bad names, but not, not good names. And rather than just going right at them and going, hey, do you think that's, I just began asking another set of questions to understand Mm -hmm. what's behind this, right? Why are you in a place that this triggers you? Tell me more about that, right? And as we began to do that over the course of 10 or 15 minutes, I was then able to navigate the conversation towards actually a couple of things that really were the triggers for him.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And it really wasn't even about them. Because he admitted that the very things he was frustrated with, he That's admitted it.
1: that. Yeah,
0: I do those same things, right? And it turned out to be a couple other things, you know. So had I started in too soon, I would have completely missed where we ended. Right. Right. And the way you that you said something
1: like. kind of key too. I think you have to really um, try to understand the feeling behind the feeling to really understand a person. You yeah. know, you just kind of see what's on the outside. We don't take the time to really see what's underneath and give people. I guess grace and hmm. the benefit of the doubt.
0: Yeah, that's true. But well, you do that well. I think that's a strength hmm, sometimes. that you have. I think you do um, seek the feeling, the, the meaning behind the meaning, or the feeling behind the feeling sometimes, like what's going on. And I do think that you do that really well. And what it allows you to do is be more patient before you get mm-hmm. to um, the, the coaching part, mm-hmm. you know, where you're now going to give some honest feedback, excluding you. Yeah. <laughs> That's not true. It's not true. I've got some of my best feedback from you. <laughs> yes. I'm a better man. I'm a better man. So look, so far we've got, you've got to connect, build that rapport, build that trust. You got to be clear on the outcomes, right? Mm-hmm. That you want. You got to have, be action oriented, specific small steps. We've got to be able to have the credibility to speak. And if we don't have it, acknowledge it, right? Yeah. We've got to be able to give honest Feedback. You have to inquire a lot, and now we get to really one of the goals. Um, advancement isn't just about positive steps. Advancement can be as simple as this one—the mm-hmm. letter N, which is which is what
1: neutralizing negative behaviors.
0: Yeah. So what do we mean by that? Like in the coaching process, I don't want necessarily just to focus on here are the mm-hmm. positive things you need to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes neutralizing negative behaviors is a huge win, mm-hmm. right? Talk about that for just a, a second. What might that look like for somebody when you're focusing on neutralizing a negative behavior?
1: This is really similar to honest feedback. I think maybe it's just taken to another level where you're actually really f- focusing on something specific that you see that that person does that you see not as just a not as just a uh, a weakness, but a true um, detriment.
0: Like a liability to their
1: success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really going to harm them um, in more ways than one if they don't correct it. So I think that's where you really play hardball. I think that you have to, you know, really be direct here. And that's hard. It's painful. It's like a punch to the gut sometimes to people, especially if they're not aware. Yeah. But.
0: Yep. This is a big one because you and I are are really, we focus our time in getting people to see their liabilities. I mean, gosh, how many weaknesses do I have, Stacey, mm-hmm. in all honesty? Right? I've got a bunch of weaknesses, and we all do. yeah. But the real question is, Walter, what are your liabilities? Mm-hmm. What are the things that are actually hurting you that can cause an impediment to your success yeah. and relationships and mm-hmm. your professional life? That's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. And so that when you point something out or somebody points out something to me that's truly a liability, man, I'm going to sit up and yeah. I'm going to pay attention. Because yeah. I want to neutralize that behavior mm-hmm. because just by neutralizing it, that is enormous growth. Mm-hmm. And and that can be anything. That can be neutralizing your tone. Uh, I I can't tell you how many people I've talked about. You need to get out of your office and walk around. Well, now, obviously, with COVID, people mm-hmm. are starting to go back to the office. Mm-hmm. But you just start walking around your, your hallway, mm-hmm. talking to your people, mm-hmm. taking 20, 30 minutes and just... Management while walking around and just engage them, go to the break room. How are you doing? Right? Neutralize the negative behavior of staying in your office Mm -hmm. all day long. And that the only time people see you is when there's a problem, right? Yeah. And when they would do that, when they would actually start getting out of their office and walking around, they would say, Gosh, it's amazing how much more, you know, rapport and how much more people enjoy work right because they have access to me and we mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: neutralizing negative mm-hmm. behaviors that's a big deal isn't it
1: you're making me want to get to hire a coach <laughs>
0: that's called marriage that's my next step that's called besides you yeah. besides you <laughs> <laughs> yes not a bad idea listen hire yeah. a coach yeah. right yeah it's a good idea for all of us Absolutely. no doubt about it mm-hmm. well we got one more here and what is the last one this one mm-hmm. is what allows you to be a sustainable coach for people continue to come back to you, what is it? G. I think
1: this one is critical: guarding the information, confidentiality, mm. um, trust, letting the person know that they can trust you implicitly with the things that they share. Um, you know, it's kind of a common practice in counseling, but a, probably not a commonplace practice in the workplace or in relationship. You know, trust gets broken and credibility gets destroyed, and right? Anything that you shared with them is kind of a moot point at that point, right? Because you've hurt them by breaking the trust. So I think just, um, protecting the things that people share with you because to get vulnerable and get in it with them, you know, sometimes you're going to hear things that are very private and very sacred. And so I think that we have a responsibility to be trustworthy if we're going to correct and
0: you know i've never had it happen but those people who have spoken to me and given me coaching and really made an impact on uh, some things that were pretty personal and sometimes hard to hear if i had ever found out that someone else says hey man i heard so and so and they told me mm-hmm. about it uh, it would affect my relationship with them mm-hmm. i mean i would at minimum have to go talk to them mm-hmm. because now all of a sudden it would really impact How much I really listen to them the next time. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. This is so important. You said it earlier. It's like it's not just for counselors and therapists and doctors and lawyers. We need to have that guarding of information, that confidentiality whenever we're doing coaching with anybody, because that thing we're pointing out is very personal. Right. And who am I to go to somebody else to tell them? about what that person's stuff is. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and oh. the damage I think is irreversible. That person might not ever share and open up again. And I think that in some shape or form, it's probably happened to many of us where we've done that. And right. it takes a long time to recover from that. so I think that we have a, a great responsibility.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Look, you know, as we, as you, we wind this down now, um, one of the biggest impediments, we didn't say this at the beginning, but one of the biggest impediments to people coaching others is that others can sometimes make it difficult for them to be coached because they're resistant. They get defensive. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, we did and talk about that. Remember, we just talked about how you can either be too reactionary or you can be well, that's crumb- true. crumbling.
0: That's true. So, you know, what do we want to say to people who are listening right now? You know, that what do we want to encourage them to do when it comes to feedback?
1: I think you have to start asking for it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think about that for myself. You know, I don't, I want it, but I really don't want it because yeah. it's, it's hard to hear. Yeah. Right. But how often do I ask for feedback?
0: Right. You know, even
1: from you, I don't necessarily want it, even though it's good for me.
0: Yeah. I right. think that's, that, that's a great first place to start mm-hmm. is let people around, you know, listen, if there's anything mm-hmm. I ever do, mm-hmm. if there's anything I'm doing that you believe is a liability, it's mm-hmm. getting in my way, it's a detriment please, I want you to know, I need you to tell me. Yeah. I mean, how about that conversation yeah. to our friends yeah. so that they know, man, yeah. I've got a, I've a, got a green space. light. Yeah. And listen, yeah. if they do do that and you get defensive, it's yeah. done,
1: Yeah.
0: right? They'll never do it again. Yeah. So we've got to be, we got to welcome feedback. It's one of the greatest gifts in life because it's something now that it can stay with me for the rest of my life. That's why we wanted to talk about this. I think coaching doesn't happen nearly as much as it should not just in the professional world, but just in our everyday life, mm-hmm. we need to be very proactive with receiving it and with offering it and learning to be good at it. Right. Right. And if we do that, then we all win, right? Everybody wins the feedback you've given me, the feedback others have given me, I've won. Mm-hmm. Like I am a more refined person at 52 than I was at 50 mm-hmm. and 45 and 40, because as hard as it is sometimes, I do listen mm-hmm. and I do process mm-hmm. and I do try to become better than I was. Mm-hmm. So that's what our goal was today. Just a tool, coaching acronym. I hope everybody takes this, puts it into practice and begins asking for it and begins having the courage to start delivering it.
1: This is a good challenge. I'm feeling compelled to share honestly more often mm-hmm. and and to ask for feedback, right? I haven't done that in a long time. So. Yeah.
0: 100%. Thank you. Another great podcast. Thank you, Stacy. Thank
1: you. Can't wait for That's the next pleasure. one. All
0: right.